0: Well, good morning. It's a great day at New Life and it's a great day to be New Life. How many know that we are not just at a church but we are the church. Amen. Amen. So we're we're so glad that all of those of you that are at the Carney Auditorium that you showed up today. Thanks for coming to worship God. Everybody who's worshiping with us online We are so happy that you joined us to worship God. We want to give a shout-out to everybody in the venue, our church family down there. God's doing awesome things there. We love you guys. And also our church family in North Platte. We are so happy that you joined us today. And by the way, all of us, I have some good news to share with you. Uh, Our congregation that's a part of us, we're a part of them at the North Platte campus. They had a record normal Sunday attendance last Sunday of 156 people. So... So North Platte, we celebrate with you. And also their power kids is just busting at the seams. God's doing some great things there. Dave and Tiffany Cumming are doing an awesome job. You guys have amazing campus pastors in North Platte. And we love you guys. So uh, we're just glad that you showed up to worship God. My name is Chris Puccini. I'm one of the pastors on staff, and it's just a humbling honor to be able to share God's Word with you today. We are in week number three of our current teaching series, uh, um, From Here to Eternity, From Here to Eternity, and we're talking about what it means to go from here, guess what, to eternity, right, or from a temporary existence to an eternal existence full of purpose and meaning. And the reason why we're talking about this is, is for one, one of our missional objectives here at New Life is to help people step into a relationship with Jesus Christ. How many think that's a good cause? Yep. So we want to help people step into a relationship with Jesus Christ and they step over that line of faith into the kingdom of God. But not only that, to help all of you grow Uh, to grow in your relationship with the Lord until you're running to the very center of God's will. And so we're talking about what it means to, to go from living here to living for here to living for eternity. And so week number one, we talked about step. Week number one was about stepping into a relationship with Jesus Christ, that you are saved by God's amazing grace through putting your faith and trust in him. Um, And so that was awesome. Week number two, just encourage you to go back. If you haven't heard the messages, go back online, mynewlifechurch.com, and watch those messages. Week number two was about walking steady. What are you stepping into? You're stepping into a relationship where you're going to walk steady with Jesus Christ. And that was all about finding your identity in Christ and experiencing God's grace in your life. And today we're taking it a step further because how many know that growing people change? Yeah? And changed people grow. So today we're talking about what it means to move from walking steady with Jesus to running straight and running straight where? To the very center of God's will. So I just got a question. How many love football? How many? All right. Any Husker football fans? Yeah? In, In the room? And we were thankful yesterday. We had a bye week so that our blood pressure can normalize one week at least, right? Um, but I love football too. One of the, most, the, one of the most exciting moments in a football game, it can be one of the most boring, but for me, it's the one of mo- the most exciting is a, is a kickoff. Because the kickoff return has the potential to be one of the most dynamic plays of the game. And you know that guy that's, that's waiting for the ball, you know what he's thinking, I'm taking it to the house. Every single time he's thinking, He's not thinking, let me get to the 20-yard line. He's thinking, I'm going to take this thing all the way to the end zone. So for me, it's an exciting moment because it has great potential for great excitement. So when he catches the ball, what's the goal of the kickoff returner? It's to get to the end zone, right? I mean, that's the goal. The coach might think, okay, just just don't you know get a touchback. But, but really, his goal in his heart and mind is, I want to take this. To the end zone. Well, a few weeks ago, if you watched the Duke Miami game, it was one of the most amazing kickoff returns of all time. Um, Duke Duke scores right at the end of the game to take the lead, twenty-seven to twenty-four, with six seconds left in the game. Duke kicks off to Miami. Remember, anything can happen on a kickoff return, and that day, anything did happen. As Duke, um, as excuse me, Miami took the ball on the twenty-six yard line, and what do you think they start doing? Time is running out. They started lateraling or passing the ball back to each other, trying to keep the play alive. And they did it eight times. They went from the 26 to the 31 to the 15 to the 26 again to the 10 to the 9 to the 3 to the 9. And then finally somebody turned and ran straight to the end zone. It was exciting. In fact, if you have a smartphone with you, I give you permission, turn your volume all the way down. You can Google search that, that, that kickoff return and just go ahead and watch it. You're going to get more out of the sermon today. It was exciting. And, and those are exciting plays to watch, but, but they're very risky to try to run those plays where you're lateraling, where you're zigzagging all over the place, right? At some point, though, in this game, one of the players had to take the ball and take a turn And just focus on the end zone and begin to run straight. And he scored, and they won. It was unbelievable. And so today I want to talk about what it means to run straight to the very center of God's will. How many would like to know, what is God's will for my life? Raise raise your hands at all of our campuses. Just lift up your hand. I I want to know. I'm with you. I want to know what God's will for my life is, too. So I'm going to draw the circle to true life and I'm not as I'm not I'm not as good as Pastor Jeff at drawing. In fact, when the last few weeks when I'm watching him draw, I feel like I'm back in my childhood and watching Bob Ross The Joy of Painting, you know, just he does a great job of bringing the circle to true life to come alive. I'm not that good, but uh, I'm going to do my best, all right? How's that for a circle? It it looks a little bit more like an egg, but, you know, you get the idea. Right. So this circle, it represents the kingdom of God. So I'm just going to abbreviate that, the kingdom of God. And this area outside where we live in, apart from Christ, is, is man's world. Okay? Man's world. And so without Jesus, we're out here wandering around. How do you like that right there? That's pretty good. All right. We're wandering around, but when we put our faith and trust in Christ, Pastor Jeff spoke about it on week one, we step over the line of faith and out of man's world and into the kingdom of God. And what happens is we begin a relationship with Jesus and we learn what it means to begin to walk steady. And where are we walking steady to? What's the goal? The very center of God's will. And since it's still, you know, hunting season, let me just do this for everybody. That'll just help you, help you understand, all right? That's the goal. That's the aim of our life. All right? And, and so, so we step into a relationship with Jesus, and we begin to learn to walk straight. But the goal is not to stay in that walking steady kind of trying to find our way to the center of God's will. The goal is to grow. And so all of us can grow beyond walking steady, which is a perfectly good place to be if that's where you all are today. But there comes a point where you need to make that 90 degree turn and begin to run straight to the very center of God's will. How many would like to know how to do that? How do I do that? All right, me too. Well, here's the big idea today. And in fact, my whole sermon could be summed up in this this one sentence, all right? So you might wanna write this down and if you get it, you can go after this, all right? Here it is. Learn to walk in the ways of God, and you will run straight into the will of God. Let me say that again. Learn to walk in the ways of God, and you will run straight into the will of God. Now, what are the ways of God? Here's, here's the best definition that I can come up with, that I can use to explain what the ways of God are. The ways of God are the character, the nature, and the values of God— that drive the acts of God, all right? Those are the ways of God. Here's something about the ways of God that, that we should understand. In 2 Samuel 22, verse 31, it gives us a little picture. It says, God's way is perfect. How many are thankful for that? God's way is perfect. And, and then it goes on to give some uh, some validating points to why it's perfect. All of the Lord's promises prove true. He is a shield for all Who look to him for protection. And so you have God's ways that are perfect. God's ways, his characters, nature, his values that that determine his acts, what he does. It's perfect. It's flawless. But then my nature, or excuse me, my ways are my character, nature, that determines the focus and direction of my life and also the behaviors, the way I act, the way I think, and what comes out of my life. I have ways and they're in contrast to God's ways. The Bible says this it refers I believe to my ways in Jeremiah 17:9, "The human heart, the human heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked, who really knows how bad it is." How many feel really good about yourself right now, right? That this is what the Bible says about our heart, and it's not speaking about that organ that pumps the blood through our body. It's speaking about our inner person. The, The core of who we are is wicked. And so my ways are in contrast to God's ways because my nature is sinful and my character is corrupt. And so when I step over that line, I am saved because of God's grace. His perfectness, his perfection or his, the word we use in church a lot, his holiness, his righteousness is imputed on me. It's pressed on me. It's, it's laid upon me. I get God's perfection and his, his holiness and his righteousness. And I begin a journey of walking steady with Jesus, of learning what it means to exchange my ways for his ways. I'm made completely right before God. That's the great news about salvation. I'm made completely perfect in his sight. But then there's this process of of exchanging my ways for his ways. And so as I do that, oftentimes... There's a a pull. There's a gravitational pull this way, and there's a gravitational pull this way as I walk with Jesus, and there's this zigzagging that goes on because my nature in the world pulls me this way, but God, and as I'm walking steady with Jesus, he's pulling me that way. Elizabeth Elliott a missionary in the early 50s, in the 50s with her husband, Jim, to Ecuador. She says this about the will of God. The will of God is not something you add to your life. I love that. It's not something you add to your life. It's a course you choose. And she says this, you either line yourself up with the Son of God or you capitulate to the principle which governs the rest of the world. That, that's the picture that I'm trying to illustrate here. Either you align yourself up with the center of God's will with Jesus or you're going to find yourself always in this in this roller coaster of, of back and forth the pull the sway of the world versus God's ways and i think all of us I, all of us experience that pull don't we we all experience that if you if you're walking with Jesus if you've stepped over the line of faith and you're in the kingdom of God then you are a person who feels that pull towards the lord and the pull towards man's ways, the ways of the world. But here it is. I'm walking with steady with Jesus, and as I surrender more and more of my ways, as, as God's ways come more and more part of my life, then my path begins to straighten, and my pace begins to quicken, and I begin to run faster into the very center of God's will. So learn to walk in the ways of God and you will find yourself running straight in to the will of God. So I have two main text primary texts for us today. The first one if you've been around the Bible for some time it's it's very familiar. Uh, Proverbs chapter number three. So if you have your Bibles or your smartphone or your tablet, you can pull that up. In fact, we have on YouVersion the Bible app. You can click on live, and if, you're, uh, if your location settings are on, you're going to be able to find us quickly. If not, enter the church name, and those notes will come up. But Proverbs 3, verse 5, it says this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Now, the heart is not, again, the, uh, the organ. It's referring to the central part of who we are. It's our inner being. And, and I believe, even in the, the, though this is the Old Testament, it's before salvation was provided for by Jesus on the cross, we are getting a picture here of spirit faith, of inner faith belief. And in the Proverbs is saying, trust in the Lord with all your inner being, with all your heart. Put your complete faith and trust in the Lord. And then it goes on to say this, and lean not on your own understanding. So you have this spirit, faith, belief, and then you have this laying down of your soul, the soul part of you, your intellect, your understanding. So I want to let my spirit lead me, and I want to lay down my ways, in this, in this instance, the way of my understanding or the way that I think is best, my desires that come from my intellect. So trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your understanding. Are you seeing the picture of allowing the Spirit of God and your spirit that's been made new in Christ to lead your life? And the battle that we must all all wage with our soul to lay down our own understanding, our own ways. Now we're getting to the heart of the matter. In verse 6 it says this, "In, In all your ways submit to him. In all your ways. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, in all your ways, submit to him. In all your ways. You see, my ways, once again, it's my character, it's my values that determine my behavior. In the focus and course of my life. And if I'm surrendering to Him and acknowledging Him in all my ways, what's happening? Now my ways are being surrendered and I'm taking on His ways. That's the only way for my ways to be surrendered and submitted to Him, is that if I'm taking on His ways, because my ways are completely opposite and contrary to God's ways. But if in all my ways they're submitted and acknowledging the Lord, what does it say will happen? He will make your path straight. Learn to walk in the ways of God and you will be able to run straight into the will of God. You know, I can't in the natural run straight without a straight path. I can't run straight if I I can't see clearly the path before me. Well, God is telling us this, that if we walk in his ways, if we in all our ways acknowledge him, he will make our path straight. Or your version might say he will direct your path. Well, if I'm gonna run straight into the center of God's will, I need direction. I need a straight path before me. And if I do that, if I take on his ways, if I let go of my ways, then he straightens the path before me, the directions become clear, and then it's the Autobahn, baby. How many have ever got to travel the Autobahn? I did that one time with a four-cylinder minivan, and I got it up to 220 miles per hour, or excuse me, kilometers per hour. Yeah, sorry. And, and, and it doesn't do the conversion for you. I got home, I thought, I must have been, oh, man, I had to have been going close to 100 miles an hour, something like 134 miles per hour in a minivan. It was awesome. It was unbelievable. It was unbelievable. I don't know where I was going. Oh, yeah. I, it's just, all of a sudden got caught up. Caught up in that. But then God begins to straighten your path and open your path, and then you can run fast and straight to the very center of God's will. Now, here's what I have been hung up on before. Maybe you're like me, maybe you're not. Sometimes I, I have to go to the school of hard knocks, right? And I've been there a few times with the Lord. And even, after I'm, even when I'm trying to follow God, and I really desperately want, really at the core of who I am, I want God's will. And I remember early on in my life, I just, I wanted God's will for my life. I went to Bible college. I felt God call me to be a pastor. And, and some things happened in my life. I graduated. And, and where I thought I was going to be able to minister didn't happen. And I thought, all right, well, I've gone I've to school. Uh, to be a pastor, and and it was all about the what and the when. It was about the what. God's called me to do this thing, and when is it going to happen? It's going to happen right now. And so I tried to force it and to make it happen. Instead of walking in God's ways, I got caught up on the what and the when. Have you ever done that before? You're just so consumed. Even with a good heart, you want God's will for your life. You say, God, I want to do your will. But you get caught up on the assignment, the what and the when. Now, there are aspects of God's will that include the what and the when. There are specific assignments that God gives us that are a part of God's will for our life. If you remember the story of Noah, God said to Noah, build an ark, yeah. Did anybody in North Platte get that? Yeah, you got that? Good. God said build an ark. That was God's will, right? What was plan B in God's will? build an ark, right? So there are specific assignments where God says, this is when and where and what, this is what I'm calling you to do. So that, that's a part of God's will. But we, here's the deal, we get hung up on the what of the someday when we start to think about God's will. When God's will is, is today more than it is then, you will never learn what the someday of God's will is until you start doing the how of the today. Did that make sense? <laughs> Let me say that one more time. You will never learn the what of the someday until you start doing the how of his will now, today. So learn to walk in the ways of God and you will run straight into the will of God. Not only the destination, not only the someday of the what and the when and the what it's going to look like but you will day to day to day be walking in the very center of his will. So let's get to our second main text and we're gonna talk about some practical things that you can do to step in to some of the ways of God, some things that are gonna help you run straight. We're gonna look at Ephesians chapter four, verse 16. And it says this, he, and this, this is Jesus Christ, he, Jesus, makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Let me read this first part. He makes the whole body fit, what? Together, together. So the first challenge I wanna make to you is this, to join a group. Join a group because we are better together. If you want to run straight, I'm going to challenge you to join a group because God has called us to be better together. It's a spiritual law. God designed us to run straighter and faster and more efficient when we are engaged in biblical community. And when the Bible speaks about this, when it challenges us, do not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. It's not just speaking of the large worship gathering. It's really speaking of when they would gather in homes and they would break bread together. And God is calling us not to give up those types of relational interaction. The number one statistical predictor, now this is according to research, and I believe it's backed up. at least by experience, my experience in ministry working with people over the years. The number one statistical predictor of spiritual growth and church satisfaction is the number of close, intimate Christian friends you have. The number one, that doesn't, so let me explain that. In the science behind that, as they looked at people who were extremely satisfied with their church life, their church family and their experience at church, and the people that were growing spiritually the number one trend in that group was a high number of close intimate connections spiritual friendships it didn't say anything that it was only the extroverts you know that had this that were people people but it was the people that were connected in biblical community if you read the bible you walk steady with jesus for some time you're going to begin to discover how much god values relationships and community One of the words that we use in church is this word communion, and it does represent something that we celebrate together. We celebrate here at New Life, and that is the Lord's Supper. We call it communion. That is where we take the juice that represents the blood that Jesus shed upon the cross, and we take the cracker that represents the body that was broken, and we remember what he did for us, and we together remember but the word communion is not a word that means bread and cup and that interaction, though that it's, it's, become, it's come to mean that. But communion means deep intimacy of relationship. And within the Godhead, God the Father, God the Son, and Holy Spirit, all one but operating in three unique persons, you see this communion, this deep, intimate relationship. You study the Bible, and you're going to begin to see God, how he values that Jesus had the disciples. He, he spoke to the crowds, and he loved everybody. But you see, he had 12 of his close disciples, and he did life with them. And, and then among the 12, he had three, Peter, James, and John, that seemed to be really, really close to Jesus, and Jesus' valued relationship. You see, as he's called the church He called us to gather together. He called us not to be lone rangers and out there alone, but to be together. You see, God did that because he values relationship. And much of the work of the Holy Spirit, think about this, much of the work of the Holy Spirit is connected to our relationships with one another. I mean, just looking at the fruits of the Spirit, if you go to Galatians chapter 5, it lists the fruits of the Spirit. These are the, the things that come out of a person who's connected with God. They're the evidences that we are God's children. And let me just read them for you. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I don't know, many of you've, you know of those by heart, you've been around church for a while. If not, those are new to you. I want you to look those up at some point, Galatians chapter 5. But all of those, the fruits, those evidences, the things that come out of our life of the Spirit, they either directly or indirectly impact, build relationships with one another. And not only that, But they are developed, the Holy Spirit develops them in the context of our relationships with one another. That's how it works. Those of you who are part of life groups, let me just ask you a question. But just to show hands at all of our locations, raise your hand if you're connected to a life group or you've been in a life group this past year. Yeah, that's awesome. Love it. All right. So those of you in life groups, when the guy who is supposed to bring the dessert that night forgets, you know what I'm talking about, right? And what is the Holy Spirit doing in you? He's developing patience, gentleness, self-control, right? You know what I mean? And then when he brings the dessert, there's also the self-control thing. You see, so it works in life groups. So join a, join a group, right? Seriously, though, <laughs> in the context of a group, in context of biblical community, when, you're lo- when love is tangibly expressed to you, and you know that when that's happened to you, When love is tangibly expressed to you, what does it do? The Holy Holy Spirit works in your heart in that moment to develop the spiritual fruit of love. When there's an opportunity to show gentleness or compassion, right? When there's an opportunity to serve somebody in that way, what is the Holy Spirit doing? He's developing spiritual fruit in your life. Life groups are a great place for the Spirit of God to work in your life and to help you to run straight And life groups, by the way, are not meant to be courses only in doctrine, but they're meant to be environments and places for us to learn how to follow Jesus together. That's what life groups are all about. And it's more than about attending, to say, I attended, my name's off, I've completed that. It's about connecting. So if you desire to run straight, then take, take on the value that God has for his family and get connected to a life group. Join a life group. Jump on our website, fill out a connection card, email us, track down a pastor, call the office. In some way, find a group, find a way to connect. Just take a moment and look around you at all of our locations. Just look around the room. Those people that you see are the parts of the body. And he planned, as Ephesians says, for all the parts to fit together. And why does Ephesians say? So that the whole body is healthy and growing. That's what it says. He designed us to fit together so that the whole body is healthy and growing. And that includes you, that requires you, and is needed for you if you're going to turn and begin to run straight. So let's read our text again. And get the next one we're going to look at today. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow. Here's the next challenge, to join a team. Join a team because everybody has a gift to share. And By join a team, what I mean is not a sports team or you know, something like that. What I mean is join a ministry team. Around here in New Life, we have many ministry teams. Some of them are are weekly uh, serving moments. Some of them are just biweekly or monthly or quarterly. Uh, There's all kinds of ways for you to get involved and serve on a team. Now, here, let me give you some statistical evidence of how important this is. The number one statistical predictor of your church satisfaction, how satisfied you are with church, and, and that's not just the preacher, right? It's church of church satisfaction and spiritual growth, guess what it is? If you're involved in a ministry regularly that you're excited about, you're passionate about. That's exciting. That's why I have one and two right here. Join, join a group and join a team because if you join a group and then join a team, and there's other things, but these things are gonna help you begin to turn a corner and run, run fast to the center of God's will. Why join a team? Because God created you with a purpose in mind. God created you and He has a plan for your life. He has a reason that you're here. He has a reason that you're here today. He has a reason if you're a part of new life that you are a part of new life. He has spiritual gifts that he wants to give you. Some of you already have spiritual gifts he's activated in your life, and he's given you those things for a purpose. You have natural talents. Look to your neighbor and just tell him, You're talented. Yeah. Yeah, you are talented. He's given you talents. He's given you natural abilities. He's even using and wants to use your personality and your life experiences. Those are the things he wants to activate in your life so that he could work through you, so that he can use you. Those are all the ingredients that that make up you. He planned you. He has a purpose for you. And it is one of the ways that you can begin to run straight to the center of God's will when you acknowledge your spiritual shape and allow God to use you. So take the initiative. Again, jump on the website, find, find a way to serve. It says this as each part does its own special work, it helps the others grow so that the whole body is healthy. You see, it's synergistic in nature. And as you begin to serve, what does it do? The whole body becomes healthy. And guess who that benefits? Well, it comes right back around and smacks you in the face and overwhelms you and overtakes you. And you played a part in your own self being healthy because you're connected to this body. Now, for some of you today, I, I just really believe it's time to, to break out the, the running shoes. You've been walking steady with Jesus. You've been learning what it means to lay down some of your ways. You've taken some steps in your journey. But I believe God is calling some of you to lace up the running shoes and begin to cut the, the, the so-called umbilical cord to the ways of this world, the thing that keeps pulling you back, the sway that keeps drawing you in, and take that 90-degree turn and begin to pursue the very center of the heart of God. How does that happen? It happens when you begin to walk in God's ways. I've only given you two of the ways of God that that he's called us to live. He's called every one of us to operate in community. He's called us to serve. We have a gift to share. There are many of the ways of God. You need to begin to walk in his ways and he will give you ways to walk in. So step over the line, walk steady, run straight. Next week, we're gonna look at what it means to give it all. And I can't wait for that message that Pastor Jeff is gonna bring to us. So finally, let me just say this finally, there is a someday. There is a someday. What I mean by that, there is something that God has out in the future for your life. There are specific assignments that he's wanting to draw you to, to birth in you, to bring you to, to. He's preparing many of you for the someday and I believe that God has a unique calling on each and every one of our lives. Everybody that's here at all of our locations or listening online, God has a purpose and a plan, a unique calling for your life. But here it is. It's not all about getting consumed with the someday. It's, God, I wanna walk in your will today. And as you walk in his will today, he will empower your steps to not only run straight, but to give it all. When the moment is comes, you can give it all. You know, when I read about great people of faith, or I encounter somebody, I read a story, a church history, or something like that of someone of great faith and great courage. Man, it just inspires me, kind of lights me up on the inside. Who's you know, you look at somebody and their life is just this illustrated sermon of what it means to to run straight and to give it all. I love it. It inspires me that I can trust God with my life. That God, there's something more that you're calling me to, and I quoted Elizabeth Elliot earlier. Some of you may have heard of her and her husband, Jim Elliott. Some maybe you have not. And her husband, Jim, he sensed a call of God upon his life. The very center of God's will for his life. The someday moment was to go to Ecuador, to the Harani people, who were also known as the, the Aka, which means savages. So it was a pretty rough group of people, you know, tribe that he was, he was called to go to. And on a missionary trip in January of 1956, he and four other missionaries, they went in, they flew there, they they were called of God there, they were running straight to the center of God's will for their life was to go to these people and to share the love of Christ. And on that day, in January of 1956, he and his four missionary friends were speared to death by the very people that he was called to go to. And you might look at that story and say, what a tragedy, maybe he missed God's will for his life, and it it obviously wasn't effective, it it made no impact. But here's the amazing story to me. I mean, it's a great great story of giving it all. But here's also another part of the story that's so inspiring. A few years later, his wife Elizabeth went back to the region, and, and by just some amazing circumstance that God orchestrated, she met two Akka women and brought her into her home, lived with her for about a year. And those relationships that she built with those women was instrumental in getting her back to the Haroni tribe where she went and ministered and shared the love and the gospel and the good news of Jesus. Can you believe that? Unbelievable. And that kind of faith, that kind of courage, that kind of perseverance didn't happen because they at one point said, God, there's some someday and let's just go do that. There was a path that they walked. There was the ways of God that they began to walk with that prepared them, that, that enabled them to run straight to the very center of God's will. And when the moment called to give it all, not only to give their life, but to give up hatred, to give up uh, anger, to give up the, the, the revenge And to go and to love and to minister to the same people that killed her husband. It's unbelievable. And they left a legacy of faith all over that region, really all over the world. The center of God's will for your life, it it, it doesn't begin, I believe, with the what and the when of the someday. It begins today by taking the very next step that God has called you to take. And some of you, you are just completely out of the will of God for your life. You might be living outside in man's world and maybe at one time you, you gave your heart to the Lord and, 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 but, you, but you've gone your own way. Or maybe you've stepped over that line, but, but the tug of the world is so strong and you're just totally not even focused on the center of God's will for your life. Well, let me just tell you this, the best, play to, best place to be in your life is the very center of God's will. And please don't get hung up on what that means of the someday that it means being this or that a pastor, a missionary, or an evangelist to your school, or some, some great thing, spiritual thing, or leading a ministry, or whatever it may be, whatever someday it is, don't get hung up on that. What it is is taking the next step in your journey, aligning your heart with Christ, aligning your focus on Jesus, and beginning to run straight. Will you stand with me? Lord, we are so thankful that you love us, that you've called us, In that we are not here like like little robots that you've wound up and you've set off on a journey and we're we're just trying to figure it out on our own, bumping into walls. You didn't design it that way. You designed to, to walk with us. You designed for our steps to be orchestrated by you. You designed that you would set our path straight. But it's only as we surrender more of our ways and we surrender to acknowledge you in our life and take on your ways. God, today as we respond, may you be so powerfully present that many in the room will surrender their hearts and lives to you, begin to walk steady and run straight, begin to run right into the very center of your will. We love you, Lord. And we want to respond to you at the altars, that of all of our locations. We want this to be a place of response and place of prayer. May you be glorified in Jesus' name. Amen.